The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. I'm your man, Jacob Goins, with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 1067 for the Thursday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Another beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. Uh, I'm curious with a lot of you down here um, in Auburn and just in the state of Alabama, is it too cold out for you right now? now like I I know the sun's out and there's not really any clouds but is this too cold for you because for me a guy that grew up in Ohio I think I said this yesterday this is perfect I mean this is perfect weather for me sweatshirt or a pullover like I have on today jeans uh sweatpants if you're at the house right and and just bundle up and just go outside and it's perfect weather for me maybe too cold for some of you uh who have been in in the south for your whole life but look lots to talk about on the show today it's thursday it's a busy show it always is and we've got a lot to go over we've got to react to um, Auburn basketball's exhibition game last night we'll talk about that the good and the bad I mean kind of looking ahead to their season opener on Tuesday against the Baylor Bears out in South Dakota we'll talk about that We'll also start looking ahead uh, to this weekend for Auburn football as they take on Vanderbilt up in Nashville. We'll talk about that. We've got three great guests on the show today, starting at 2.30 with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. We'll preview Tiger Talk coming up tonight. We'll also preview uh, the Auburn-Vanderbilt game and just kind of where this season is heading for Auburn football so always enjoy talking with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network that'll be at 2 30 then at three o'clock to start hour number two we'll have Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge as the Tigers uh, took care of Prattville last week in a blowout win they have one more game in the regular season on the road taking on the Panthers of Smith Station tomorrow um, and then they will find out over the weekend where they're playing in the playoffs, who they're playing in the playoffs, and what that schedule is going to look like for 7A football. So excited to talk with him and figure out where uh, this team stands as they get closer to the playoffs for Auburn High School football. Then coming up at 3.30, it's Thursday, which means Chris Gordy, the host of Locked on SEC podcast, will join us as well, as he has every Thursday for a long, long time around here. So busy show, lots to talk about. As long as I don't have a guest on, give me a call. I want to hear from you. What's on your mind on a Thursday afternoon? Let's talk about it. 334-321-1390. If you have thoughts from the exhibition game last night for Auburn, if you were there, or if you saw highlights, or if you listened to the game, uh, your thoughts about that as Auburn prepares for the start of the season next week. 
Let's start getting some thoughts and predictions for football this weekend as Auburn makes a trip to Nashville, taking on Vanderbilt. Any concern from you this weekend on Saturday? Any worry uh, that Auburn can't continue their offensive performance and uh, what they did against Mississippi State? Or any any just stress from you as an Auburn fan uh, that somehow the Tigers don't pull it off on the road against Vanderbilt? I want to hear your thoughts here on the show today. 334-321-1390 is the number to get you through to me. I want to start with basketball with the exhibition game last night for Auburn taking on AUM and Neville Arena. First of all, let me say this. It was great to be back in Neville Arena. Um, I was there last night. It was great to be there. Great to be back. Um, They had some major renovations um, and changes inside of Neville Arena. Uh, They've moved the, the media from that lower corner right up to the top level back behind the seats where there was some standing room only where like overflow would go. That's where the media is now. So same angle, same side of the arena. They've just moved the media up. Um, so that was a big change. They've got some like walk up convenience stores, basically like a grab and go type thing with uh, some snacks, some drinks. They're selling alcohol. They're selling beer um, across the arena now. And so um, I know there's a big group of fans that are excited about that. Um, And they've also, one of those grab-and-goes, they sort of took out the museum that was there in Neville Arena. If you remember, there was like a walk-through museum and like a history of Auburn basketball, and they had some old old Aubie costumes and stuff in there. They took that out, and it's like a seating area. I don't know, kind of weird, but... Overall, the arena is still really nice. Um, it's still going to be one of the best atmospheres in college basketball. And that's not what last night was about. This was watching this team play for the first time. And we know they had a closed secret scrimmage over the weekend uh, where they were able to dominate in that game. And then last night, it took them a little bit to get going for Auburn, uh, but they do end up getting a big win over AUM, 102-66. to And we're going to talk about the good things that happened in this game, but we got to talk about the two things, the two players, if you will, that either one of them did not participate and the other one barely participated. The first one is Aiden Holloway, the freshman point guard who we believe will be the starting point guard for the majority of the season for this Auburn basketball team he did not play last night um he has an apparent minor ankle injury is what Bruce Pearl said that he injured in the scrimmage over the weekend um he did not play out of precaution last night but Bruce said that he should be good to go for the Baylor game and um he he needs to be ready he needs to be healthy because Aiden Holloway is going to be a superstar in this league. I've already said it. And he is going to be somebody that Auburn relies on to run the offense, score the basketball, and make plays on the offensive end of the floor. So he has to be healthy and ready to go. If he's not ready by Tuesday, don't play him, in my opinion. Don't play him. No reason to rush it in early non-conference games. And I know Auburn's got some tough games in non-con play. 
But for somebody like Aiden Holloway, who is so young, who can recover quicker, and going to be somebody you rely on, don't rush him back. But Bruce said he's probably going to be fine. The other one, biggest storyline in the game last night for Auburn basketball, was three minutes into the game, Janai Broom takes a shot in the middle of a play and hits the ground immediately and is holding what appeared to be a right arm, right shoulder at the time. He was down for four or five minutes. Trainers came out. Bruce Pearl came out. He was able to get up and walk off under his own power, went straight to the locker room, and came back out about 15, 20 minutes later with ice taped around his right shoulder, and he was done for the night. Bruce Pearl spoke, said that he should be okay. I had um, a nerve pinched in there in that right shoulder, and uh, they hope that he is going to be okay. So, same thing that I was just talking about with Aiden Holloway, I feel the exact same way about Janai Broom, who it just seems like at times can't get out of his own way due to injury. But with this situation, do not rush Janai Broom back because you're going to rely on him more than you will anybody else on this basketball team, I think. He's going to be one of the best players in the SEC and a guy that has been injury-prone at times, getting hurt early in an exhibition game, a game that doesn't matter, that's a scary thing. That's a scary th- The arena went silent last night. There was about, yeah, it was about 60-65% full, and everybody went silent when Janai Broom hit the floor. Because if you lose Janai Broom, and I'm not, it doesn't sound like it's a super, super serious injury, but if you bring him back too early and it, he, it re-injures it or it's a lingering thing that kind of limits him throughout the year if you rush him back too quickly or if he does re-injure it, whatever the case may be, if Janai Broom is not playing at 100% for this basketball team, that's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue. Because again, I think he will be one of your go-to options on offense. He's going to be one of your best defensive players one of your best rebounders, and I think he'll be one of the best players in the SEC. And so if you don't have him, the season's not doomed by any means, but he's a big player, and you got to have him. And Auburn's relying on him to be a guy and be a dude this year for Bruce Pearl and this basketball team. So, again, if he's not ready, don't rush him. Yeah, it would suck to not see him play the first couple of games or maybe even the first couple of weeks. But if that's what it takes to get him back to where he needs to be, so be it. Outside of those two big storylines of Aiden Holloway, who didn't play, and Janai Broom, who played about three minutes last night, there were some guys that played really, really good. And again, this is an exhibition game, and you're playing Auburn University Montgomery. We understand the situation here, right? We, we all understand what this game was and it's not about the final score and it's not about oh Auburn put up 100 points which I do think is something to be proud of especially since two of your five starters didn't play right but it is an exhibition game against AUM but there were some things that happened that were really really good last night including three of your big transfer players 
and Chad Baker-Mazzara, Denver Jones, and Chaney Johnson. Those three guys played extremely well. And they combined for 47 of the 102 points, nearly half of Auburn's points last night. I really liked what I saw effort-wise from Chaney Johnson and Chad Baker-Mazzara. Those two guys were flying around, diving after basketballs, moving on offense, shuffling their feet on defense, hustling up and down the floor, and trying to make things happen. It wasn't perfect by any means. And there's a lot that has to be fixed. But you can see they are really lengthy, really athletic, and I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Those two guys made a lot of great plays last night. Then you add in Denver Jones, who had a really good shooting night compared to everybody else, because Auburn started this game, I mean, they were at 18% shooting at one point in the first half. I mean, it was, it was, it was not good. But they got better as they went on. And Denver Jones is a big part of that. Denver Jones showed his playmaking ability, his shooting ability. He didn't shoot many, but he was 50%. And you can see just why he is an 18 to 21 point scorer just about every time he steps on the basketball floor. I liked what I saw from them. I really, really did. And I think Katie Johnson played well. A lot of energy and effort from KD Johnson. And what's crazy is Bruce Pearl talked about afterwards how it was tough for this team to get up and play and how they weren't fully ready for this game. But then once they kind of got going, everything kind of corrected itself. And that tends to happen, right, in an early season exhibition game that, again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's not a win or loss in the record books, right? There's no, there's not a bunch of official stats that you can go back. It doesn't go in your numbers or anything like that. So it is kind of hard, especially when you know that you're going to beat a team by 30 or 40 points if you just show up and play. And I mean, that's just a situation in exhibition games like this. So it may be tough that you know, for a team to get up and want to perform in a game like this. But eventually they did. They got comfortable. Tons of different rotations last night, which uh, that's something you see a ton in exhibitions. That's what these games are for, playing a bunch of different combinations of five, rotating different guys in and out. And Bruce Pearl mentioned again how he believes he could have nine or ten guys playing 20 minutes. I mean, that is really, really crazy. And that's hard to do. But having that much depth is really going to be beneficial for this Auburn basketball team. Once you get fully healthy with Aiden Holloway and Janai Broom, if you can have 10 guys that can play 20 minutes or more a game, that's huge. That's huge. You keep guys fresh. BP has talked about how maybe some of the guys that start the game may not finish the game. I think that's an interesting comment. But I think this team is really talented, man. I I do. This team, high-flying, electric, explosive. They're going to run. They're going to make plays. They're going to get after people on defense. And the two questions, can they get consistent stops? Because there were stretches last night where they couldn't. But there were also stretches where there was just some miscommunication on who gets who. Are we switching this? 
Who's picking up who in the full court press? Right? Who's taking this guy? Who's taking that guy? There, there were a lot of those last night. But it's early. And those are things you work on in practice and you work on through the year, especially in non-conference play. So if those things can get figured out, then yeah. The two questions for Auburn, can they shoot the basketball consistently? And can they play defense and get stops? If they can do those two things, they're going to be fine. And the good thing is, Bruce Pearl is a defensive-minded coach. Auburn is a defensive team. They are always going to play hard on defense. And the defense will keep them in games. If they can rely on some guys to shoot the basketball, man, you better watch out. You better watch out because there's some serious talent on this team. Auburn opens up the season against Baylor on Tuesday on ESPN out in South Dakota. Really interested on what this game is going to look like. Uh, Baylor is, we know what they are consistently in college basketball. So don't flip out if Auburn doesn't win this game or if maybe even if, if they get beat by 15. I don't think they will. I think it'll be competitive. But it is game one and it's early on and we don't know what the status of Janai and Aiden Holloway will be. I'm excited for it though, man. College basketball, it's back, it's here. I'm excited. And I just I, I if you can't tell, I just love college basketball so much. And I'm really, really interested to see what this Auburn basketball team does in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four. 334-321-1390. Give me a call. Your thoughts on the Auburn basketball exhibition game last night. When we come back, we'll start talking some Auburn football as they look ahead to Vanderbilt this weekend, look around the SEC before Brad Law of the Auburn Sports Network joins us at 2.30. Come on in here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I want to hear from you on a gorgeous day in Auburn, Alabama. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067. Got a few minutes before Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joins us at the bottom of the hour at 2.30. Auburn football making a trip up to Nashville this weekend to take on Vanderbilt. And before we look at the game this year, this series between Auburn and Vanderbilt in football, I mean, it is, it's, it's weird. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It is a, just a weird series between these two teams. I know it, it gets brought up quite a bit, but you know the overall record in this game, right? When Auburn and Vanderbilt get together, you know what the record is here. Auburn has 21 wins, 21 losses, and a tie. Yeah, 21 wins, 21 losses, and a tie with Vanderbilt. And you look at this this series. The first game was played back in 1893. How about that? 1893 in Montgomery. And then these two teams played up through the early 1900s. Back and forth, back and forth. And then starting in 1929, playing pretty consistently up through 1950, Vanderbilt ran away with this thing. Now, there's a 
looks to be about a 12-year gap in there between 1934 and 1946. But Vanderbilt won almost eight games in a row. And then starting in 1978, all the way through 2007, Auburn won. They won 13 in a row. And then Vanderbilt beat Auburn for the first time since 1955 back in 2008. After that massive winning streak that Auburn had over Vanderbilt that stretched uh, decades. In 2008, Auburn went to Nashville and lost 14-13. to Four years later, because of some hiccups in the scheduling, Auburn went back to Nashville in 2012 and lost that game 17-13. to So the last two trips for Auburn football to take on Vanderbilt on the road, they've lost. They've lost. Now, Auburn beat them in 2016 when Vanderbilt came here, 23-16. But the last three games between these two teams have been decided by one score. I don't like that. I don't know about you, but I don't like that. And the fact that Auburn just struggles in Nashville, uh, you can use that if you want. I think it says something. And you know who else thinks that? Head coach Hugh Freeze who talked about it this week in his, pre- in his weekly press conference. He said, this game makes me nervous. This game makes me nervous. He's talked about how he took, uh, he's taken a couple of good Ole Miss teams up there when he was there and has really struggled. He said, it's just a, a weird place to play. He said, it's just tough. And it's not because of atmosphere, let's just be honest, and especially this weekend where they're going to struggle to put 20,000 fans in the seats. And I think there's going to be a healthy amount of Auburn fans there because there is a massive Auburn fan base in Nashville and around in Nashville Metro. So I think you're going to see a good heavy dosage of orange and blue on Saturday in Nashville. But you can't deny that Auburn has struggled the last two times they went up there. And that's been a long time, but still. And when you look at the game itself for this year in 2023, this is a chance for Auburn to continue to build, right? It's a chance for Auburn to get on a winning, well, I don't consider two games a winning streak, to get back-to-back wins. How about that? I don't consider it to be a winning streak until you get to three. Because one is just a win, two is back-to-back, three You've now built a streak. So Auburn can't get on a winning streak just yet, but they can get back-to-back wins for just a second time this season. ESPN's matchup predictor gives Auburn an 84% chance to win, and Auburn, depending on where you look, favored anywhere between 12 and 14 points. So favored by double digits over an SEC Power 5 team. And I know it's Vanderbilt, but Auburn favored by double digits. I'm going to be completely honest. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch the betting line. Because I don't know what Auburn you're going to see. And I don't think we've seen Auburn play consistently enough, offensively especially, for me to feel comfortable in saying, yeah, Auburn wins this thing by two touchdowns. Should they win by two touchdowns? 
Yeah, they absolutely should. They absolutely should. Vanderbilt is two and seven, folks. They're two and seven. Now that really disappoints me because I was higher on this Vanderbilt team to start the year. And I have realized why you're never high on Vanderbilt. But Auburn should go and win this game by two touchdowns. But which offense shows up? Does the Cal offense show up? Or does the Mississippi State offense show up? Right? The defense is going to do theirs. Defense is going to play just fine. And look, Vanderbilt has struggled scoring the football. Their last four games... 21, 14, 20, and 7. Auburn defense is going to have a field day. But the biggest question that we've been having is can the Auburn offense support them? And if they do, shouldn't be a problem on Saturday. Shouldn't have any worries. But you got to show up and build off of what you did in the Mississippi State game against a Vanderbilt team that is struggling down the stretch. We'll talk with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network coming up next. We'll get his thoughts on Auburn and Vanderbilt, plus a preview of Tiger Talk tonight over on Wings 94.3. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. On ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 1067 and a busy Thursday show full of guests as we get started with Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network who joins us every Thursday at 2.30. Brad, great to hear from you. We appreciate your time. Uh, crossover season is officially upon us with football on Saturday, Tiger Talk tonight, and then uh, women's basketball and men's basketball starting up next week. Yeah. Yeah, it's just kind of a boring, easy day. At the, do y'all have any work that I could help you with? Shoot, I'm, no. I mean, I'd, you know, I'd have to look around really, really hard to see if I could find <laughs> anything for you to do. Ain't a thing going on. No, it's uh, this is such a fun time of the year. I don't, you know, I, I understand Christmas is great, but this is the most wonderful time of the year. November is my favorite month out of all twelve. Not to hurt the feelings of the other eleven, but what do <laughs> I care? They're months. Um, it's a, it's a wonderful time. And um, we get it, you know, we, we had men's basketball exhibition last night, you know, women's uh, exhibition again tonight, back to back road games coming up for football. You got tennis and golf and volleyball and equestrian. And it's, it's a terrific, and I'm sure I'm even leaving something out. It's a wonderful time. It is, and it's just so busy, but so many great things to talk about when it comes to Auburn athletics. And want to start with football last weekend there at Jordan Hare Stadium, uh, where Auburn was coming off of a four-game lo- or a four-game losing streak, trying to get it going offensively, and against Mississippi State, it just seemed to click for this team. The defense continued to do their thing and, and keep this team in ball games, time in and time out. And Auburn gets their first SEC win. And Brad, seems like they have something to build off when they go to Nashville this weekend to take on Vanderbilt. There's certainly a template, right? I mean, if you do something right the first time, you try to do it the same way the next time you have the opportunity. And I think that's what they're looking at. I I think the decision was made uh, to go tempo first and stick with that come what may. 
and Jarquez Hunter ripped off an 11-yard carry to start Auburn's offense, and they kept producing on first down. I've mentioned this a couple of places this week that on ten on their first ten first down plays, they gained 97 yards wow. last week. Now, the pass to Javarius was a was a touchdown. It was 45 yards. That was on a first down. So if you take that away, that's still 50 what 52 yards on nine plays. That's almost six yards a carry. If you take out Jarquez's run to start the ball game of 11 yards. It's still 46 yards on eight plays, or 41 yards on eight plays. You're still averaging five yards per play on first down. Bottom line, Auburn had sustained, consistent success on first down. And every time you looked up, it was either second and four or second and two. And it's really not a lot more complicated than that, Jacob, as you know, that if you, uh, if you have success on first down, now the number of options you have on second and third down are greater which means the tougher it is for the defense, and uh, you're set up for success. And not only did they have the success on first down, but they then capitalized on it for the rest of the half. And it, it just seemed like Auburn sort of simplified the offense a little bit, and as you mentioned, they found some things that worked. And I think you can even go back to the end of the Ole Miss game where they scored that late touchdown and maybe found a little something, and they carried it into the first half of the Mississippi State game where they go up 24-3 to at the half. And we know there was a little bit of a difference in first and second half offensive performance, and I think Hugh Freeze gave a great reason for that. Um, but overall, Auburn gets an SEC win, and as we've talked about, Brad, they've got some games coming up that are winnable. They're double-digit favorites this weekend and can really turn the season around. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you talk about stacking wins, and it's one thing to stack a UMass win with a Cal. It's one thing to stack a Cal win with a Sanford. Uh, and we were all excited about that at the start of the season. But if you start stacking up SEC wins, and now that you look and, and the calendar says November, now you have a different sort of layer or different level or depth to your confidence. And that's what Auburn has the opportunity to do. In some ways, you can't do anything about the schedule, but in some ways it's a blessing that you play at A&M, Georgia, LSU, and Ole Miss all four in a row because now you're, you're battle-tested. You've come through those, and you're not going to face offenses and defenses that are as tough as, as you faced in that four-game stretch at least until you get to the Iron Bowl, and frankly, maybe not even then, but certainly not until then. So you have a chance to, to build on the confidence. And you know, the way the guys went to work every week in the midst of the losing streak enabled them to prepare in such a way as to, to earn the opportunity to stack up wins like this. It is a, there's a lot um, that Auburn can gain Saturday if they handle business. Well, there's no doubt that it is a it's a weird series between Auburn and Vanderbilt on the football field where they're tied for wins. Both have 21 in the series. There's also a tie in there. Um, and this has just been such a weird series uh, where Auburn does have the last win back in 2016. But the Tigers have struggled in their last couple of trips to Nashville. It'll be a weird atmosphere, a weird environment with a little over 20,000 people at the stadium with all the construction going on. And Hugh Freeze admitted this week, this game makes him nervous brad how do you feel about this game going into it for auburn i'm not terribly nervous most of the games in this series were played before tv was invented um that's just you know that's the that's the facts yeah he was you know the tv was invented in 1927 and half the games in the series were played before then so you know what happened in montgomery 
and Nashville and Birmingham um, before the Great Depression. I'm just not concerned with it all that much. In the modern era, starting in you know, 1978, when they played for the first time in 23 years, and Auburn won the game 49-7, to Auburn has lost exactly two games to Vanderbilt, and those were the last two times they played in Nashville. So I, But even with that, there's nobody on this team that was on the team in 2012, nobody on this team that was on the team in 2008. Those teams are not the same. This era is not the same. And uh, I just think that Vanderbilt has struggled to find the talent and the identity, uh, and Auburn has more talent. I think Auburn has better coaching. They have more seasoned coaching, and I think those things matter. And I think Auburn being a run uh, first team offensively and being a team with a very solid defense, I think those things bode well for Auburn. Now, the only thing that Vanderbilt – I think the only way Vanderbilt makes this a close game in the fourth quarter, they're very good at forcing turnovers as well. Auburn and Vandy are the two top teams in the league in creating turnovers. And so if Auburn loses the turnover battle by two or three and you give Vandy extra possessions and short fields, you know, you, it could be interesting or dramatic in the fourth quarter. But otherwise, I think you look at the roster. I think you look at quarterback play. You look at defense and coaching. And I think all those are, are advantage Auburn. Well, luckily, I know that the Auburn offense hasn't been overly exciting until that Mississippi State game, but one of the things that they did really well, Brad, they didn't turn the ball over all that much. You didn't have guys throwing interceptions and putting the ball on the ground. I mean, the offense doesn't, you know, knock on wood. I'm sure they'll have five or six this weekend because I said that, but they really haven't turned the ball over all that much, and and that helps when you're playing on the road in the SEC. Yeah, you got to secure the ball, and that hasn't been what Auburn did well. You know, these three road games, I, I think, Jacob, that's the last thing that Auburn has to prove this year is that it can go on the road and play a cohesive game. I mean, not you don't have to play like a Super Bowl champion. Play a cohesive game. Right. Start well. Get through the first quarter even. Like, even that is a win compared to what the other three road games have been. Cal, first possession, should have been a turnover for a touchdown. Uh, they didn't get points out of that drive. They gave up points on Cal's and possession. Texas A&M, you didn't make it out of the, you know, you're trailing early. LSU, you're trailing 17 to nothing before everybody's pants are wrinkled in Baton Rouge. I mean, you just must get off to a cohesive start to be able to play a solid game and not have to play from behind. If Auburn can get out and get a lead in the first quarter, then you start seeing that confidence play out and you get to dictate what happens in the ballgame. Very critical first quarter. Auburn on the road at Vanderbilt on Saturday. Kickoff is set there in Nashville for 3 o'clock. Uh, the Auburn Sports Network, you guys will uh, start your coverage at, uh, what, noon on on Saturday yep. and uh, over on Wings 94.3 here locally in Auburn, Opelika. And our game day on Wings 94.3 show will start at 11, and then you guys will carry over at noon for the Tiger Tailgate Show. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network joining us here during On the Line on ESPN 106. Six seven uh, to get all of that started. Tiger talk tonight over on Wings ninety four three six o'clock. Uh, tell our listeners what they are going to be hearing tonight between six and seven for Tiger talk as Auburn football gets ready to head up to Nashville. Going to be about two thirds uh, football talk and then one sixth men's basketball and one sixth women's basketball. Does that math add up? Yeah, it does. I apologize for forcing people to do math. Yeah, you're forcing me to do Uh, math, Brad. 
Auburn people can handle math, so I have full full faith. Um, yeah, we're going to hear from Coach J and BP uh, to to talk women's and men's basketball, and then we'll have Hugh Freeze for a couple of segments, and then Andy Burcham talks to four players, um, just one on one with four players as they get ready for the week. So um, a lot of you know good red meat on the bone tonight for Tiger Talk starting at six. We are in studio tonight, not on location, but uh, we're in studios. We get you ready for. That women's exhibition game at 7. Yep, you can find Tiger Talk again here locally on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. And the Auburn women's basketball exhibition, you bring that up, uh, that'll be on AU100. Uh, pre-game 645 and tip-off at 7 with Britt Bowen over on AU100, which is 100.3. Brad, I want to talk a little basketball with you since the men had their exhibition last night and they'll open up the season on Tuesday against Baylor. Uh, that'll be before we talk again. Um, how excited are you for this basketball? basketball season because man I'm, I'm i'm trying to hype it up on the show because i'm just overly excited for this team i get fired up about exhibition games because it is your first chance to see uh the the product on the floor and with so many new players and by the way that's not going away that that the fact that you're going to see a bunch of new players every year i think that's your norm going forward not just at auburn but uh at any top program uh, that's just the era that we're in and as such, it's no surprise that Auburn's top three scorers last night were newcomers. Uh, Denver, uh, Denver Jones is just smooth and fluid, and, and Chaney Johnson is big and long and athletic, and uh, smooth is the word that I come up with again for him. And then you got Chad Baker-Mazzara coming off the bench, who you know I think is going to play a big role uh, for this team. Um, as evidenced by what we saw last night. I mean, he can he can really guard. He is explosive offensively, finishes around the rim well, uh, defensive presence, rim protection. I mean, he's – and then you had Dylan Cardwell who messed around got 10 rebounds. He almost <laughs> had a double-double in the ballgame. Now, I, you know, I get Baylor is a different opponent than AUM, but for, for the purpose of exhibition, of showing us what the team is going to look like, I think it's hard not to be excited about what this team can do. You're going to have a chance. Now, the margin for error, the, the separation between the top six, seven teams in the SEC is razor thin. It's so very small. And, um, and that's why coaching and development of players throughout the year is so important. And Auburn doesn't take a back seat in that department. Um, but where Auburn is right now is the fans can expect, rightfully, to compete uh, for the top third of the SEC to be in the hunt for a conference championship every season, to have a seat at the table. I'm big on that, Jacob, to have a seat at the table. Whether it's football recruiting gives you a seat at the table. Basketball and the way the program is developed to this point, they have a seat at the table every single season uh, to be right there in the mix. And then the games play out the way they're going to play out. and You're going to have two-point, four-point, six-point games here and there, but you're one of those teams right now, and that's a – that's awfully exciting as they get set to be one of the focal points of next Tuesday night. 11 SEC teams play Monday. Not a lot of other games on Tuesday. And Auburn and Baylor, I think, is by far the most attractive of the Tuesday games next week. 
Well, it's attractive, and it is in uh, a, a spot that makes sense, right? Auburn and Baylor, it's meet in the middle and go to South Dakota and play. <laughs> and, uh, no, I think that's yeah. a really unique trip that's going to be a lot of fun um, and really just excited to get the basketball season underway. Women start on Monday. The men start on Tuesday. Auburn football this Saturday. You mentioned a lot of the other fall sports with, with golf and tennis and equestrian, soccer, volleyball. I mean, it is just a busy, busy time over on campus for Auburn Athletics right now, Brad. No, it is, and, and really encourage folks to get out and take advantage of the opportunity to, to support these teams, and, you know, it, there's just nothing like it, and we're excited. We're going to cover as much of it as we can. Appreciate you talking about it all as, as much as you do uh, every day, and, I mean, let's go. Let's. It's here. It's November. It's what we – It's it's months like this are the reason we got into this line of work, so, you know, let's focus on our work and get after it. That's right. Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. He joins us every Thursday here during On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Tiger Talk tonight, Auburn football against Vanderbilt on Saturday, and then women's and men's basketball starting Monday and Tuesday. Brad, as always, I appreciate your time. I know it's busy. Uh, you've taken a 15-minute break, man. It's time to get back to work. I guess I'll look around and find something to do, Jake. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brad. We'll talk to you next week. All right. You got it, War Eagle. That's Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network. Again, he joins us every Thursday here on ESPN 1067. We'll take our final break, come back, and wrap up our number one. Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge will join us at 3 o'clock. So there's a couple of minutes in here if you want to call in and talk to me for just a minute. We'd love to hear from you on the phone lines. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up our number one when we come back. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, uh, wrapping up hour number one here on ESPN 1067. I'm Jacob Goins with you here on On the Line. Thanks to Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network for uh, joining us on the phone lines as he does every single Thursday. So we do appreciate him. Um, just tons going on uh, with Auburn Athletics and of course us here at Auburn Network. We are uh, your new local flagship stations for the Auburn Sports Network. And so um, let me see if I can remember all this off the top of my head. So we've got Tiger Talk tonight. 6-7 to seven. in studio, right, so not at Baumhauer's tonight. Uh, you can find that locally here in Auburn Opelika on Wings 94.3, which is uh, 94.3 on your radio dial and wingsfm.com on the stream. That'll be from 6 to 7. Then flip over to AU100, which is 100.3 FM and AU100FM.com for the Auburn women's basketball second exhibition uh, tonight. That'll be with Britt Bowen on the call there on AU100. And then uh, Saturday, we have Auburn football against Vanderbilt on Wings 94.3. But before that, our game day on Wings 94.3 show with Jack Hudden and Uncle T-Bone Wade Bennett. They'll go live at 11 a.m. The Sports Network will take over at noon with the Tiger Tailgate Show, taking you all the way into kickoff at 3 o'clock between Auburn and Vanderbilt. Then on Monday, Auburn women's basketball opens up their regular season on AU100. And Tuesday, Auburn men's basketball opens up their regular season uh, there against Baylor in South Dakota. Women's basketball on AU100, men's basketball on Wings 94.3. So, so much happening. Um, so much going on. Uh, we've got high school football that is getting into playoff season. 
Uh, Auburn High uh, finishing up their regular season against Smith Station on the road tomorrow. Uh, we've got Coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football. He'll be joining us at 3 o'clock as we start hour number two. So uh, this is the final regular season game for them. You can catch that game tomorrow night on Wings 94-3 with Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hutton. Pre-game 6.30, kickoff at 7. They'll start playoffs next Friday. Um, and Lee Scott Academy, they're on a bye this week. First round bye as the two seed in their final year in the AISA state playoffs. They'll host the semifinals next Thursday. Um, that'll be against uh, whoever wins in the first round. Uh, so waiting on the opponent for that. So Lots going on, man. There is so much happening around our radio stations right now when it comes to all of our live broadcasts. Um, we've had the World Series here on ESPN. We've got college football coming up this weekend. Of course, our shows are live every single day. I mean, who's doing it better than us in the Auburn-Opelika area? I don't think anybody is. And the fact that I just remembered all of that, I promise I don't have it written down. I probably should, but I don't. And I remembered all that. I'm impressed with myself. I really am. I hope, I hope you were impressed, but I was impressed with myself. Um, coming up in hour number two, as I mentioned, head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football, he'll join us at 3 o'clock. We'll talk about last week's game against Prattville. We'll talk about the game tomorrow against the Smith Station Panthers and how this team is preparing for the playoffs that are coming up next week. And then Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us in the second hour as well. Tons of great games to recap from last week and even better games coming up this weekend in the SEC that we got to get Chris's thoughts on. Two matchups that will determine, I think, who plays in Atlanta for the SEC championship game with Georgia-Missouri out of the East and Alabama-LSU out of the West. We'll talk about all of that coming up in hour number two here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. You don't want to miss it. Head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football joins us as we kick off hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. Don't go anywhere. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Thursday edition 
of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 1067. If you missed any of our number one, lots of great content. We talked Auburn basketball's exhibition win uh, from last night. We began talking Auburn and Vanderbilt coming up this weekend on the football field. And we had Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network who joined us on the phone line. So if you missed any of that from the first hour, you can go and find the podcast commercial free posted after each and every show at our station website at ESPNAU.com or just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Coming up here in hour number two, as we always do on a Thursday afternoon, Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, will join us at 3.30, talking all things SEC. But to start hour number two, as we have every single week in football season, we've got Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge, joining us on the phone lines. Coach, great to hear from you, man. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate it, Jacob, man. Great to hear from you. Well, uh, last week uh, we previewed your game against Prattville in a game that your Tigers had to go down and had to take care of business, had to win. And uh, based off that final score, Coach, I'd say that's exactly what you and your team did. Yeah, our kids played really good Friday night. You know, we took care of the football. Um, we, we uh, you know, got the running game going at two backs over 100 yards, you know, uh, you know, Omar Mapson and Tyler Flakes both had, had over 100 yards. Two quarterbacks that played really good. I think that, uh, you know, Jackson Kilgore got to come back and, and get play. And I think he was 10 for 12 for like 147 yards and a couple touchdowns. And then we had Henry Allen who ran the ball really good. He also threw the ball well, threw touchdown, you know, just played really well on both sides of the football, the defense, you know. Had came up with some big stops, so uh, so, and I think that in towns we hit two two back to back sixty yard field goals. <laughs> six sixty yards, like six zero, <laughs> like six zero. Holy yes, well, smokes! What man. happened is the play clock was running down. The play clock was running down, and we actually got the ball off. But I I had called a timeout because I thought the play clock was going to run off before we got the ball run out before we got the ball back. So uh, I called a timeout. And right, right, right when I called timeout, they snapped it and he kicked it and it was good oh. uh, from sixty. Oh, that's got to be then, a terrible feeling then, for you as a coach. I mean, yeah. I mean, just, you're yeah, trying to do well, the right thing, and it's like, well, crap, he made it. <laughs> yeah, well, I should have, I should have just let him back it up five and kick it from sixty-seven. Yeah, <laughs> sixty-five. I mean, but uh, and then then he got a chance to kick it again and and hit it. So I mean, he he's a phenomenal player. You know, he's just a you know, a huge weapon for us. Uh, so he is two for two on his field goals the other night. And uh, he, he played really, really well. So, you know, um, I think that he's 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 one of those. And we got to present him. It was senior night the other night. We got to present him with his Under Armour All-American jersey. He's playing in the Under Armour All-American game. So um, special night for our seniors. Um, our seniors played great the other night. We got, you know, some seniors who – uh, got in, got to get some playing time that you know uh, that really deserved it. Well, it was at home, and you took care of Prattville, forty-eight to zero, the second shutout of the year for your defense, who has been playing really, really good football 
all season yeah. long. And uh, you mentioned uh, Jackson Kilgore, who was able to come back, who has been battling injury all season long and had over 150 yards and a couple of touchdowns through the air. What did yeah. it mean for you and this team to get him back? I know it may take a little bit for him to get fully back and comfortable, but uh, what did it mean to get him back as your starting quarterback? Well, it's, it's good. You know, we still started Henry the other night. Jackson, you know, uh, came in and played. They sort of rotated series. Um, uh, Jackson's one of those kids, he knows our playbook. So, you know, we can, you know, our offense coordinator can pretty much open up the playbook when Jackson's in there. Henry's only been with us. You know, he's, he's, he got out there at the start of the year and practiced, uh, but only been playing games the last six weeks, you know. So, uh He's one of those, you know. We have a we have an offensive set with him, and some things that we're really comfortable with doing with him. And both of them are really different. One of them's kind of like a Tim Tebow type, like Henry's kind of like a Tim Tebow type. Powerful kid can run it, can can you know can throw it when we need him to. Uh, just like having a, a big big back in there, you know. Um, and then Jackson Kilgore is more like a, a Peyton Manning type guy. He'll sit back there in the pocket and, and pick you pick you apart. So you know it's good to have both of those, and it's going to be hard for people to prepare for us during the playoffs. You know, offensively because we can do both of those things. Do those guys know that you're comparing them to to to, to legends, uh, Tim Tebow and Peyton Manning? Because that may get to their head, coach. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. I probably won't do it around them. Hopefully, they're not listening. <laughs> Well, but you, you know, just those styles. Yeah, you know. yeah, no, absolutely. And you're right. I think that is something that it's not that I don't think you guys planned for this to start the year, but as you get into the playoffs, yeah. if Kilgore can continue to get healthier and get comfortable again, yeah, you do yeah. have sort of a two headed monster that teams have to deal with and prepare for. Yeah, and it, and it also opens up the offense where we can get our receivers more involved. You know, um, we can do some all of our all of our RPO stuff. You know. And uh, RPO run pass stuff with you know with uh, both of those guys. So helps out a lot. It really does having two guys who who bring something different to the table. Well, Auburn High School took down Prattville last week in a convincing fashion at home. Back on the road. I mean, man, you guys have been playing on the road just about all season <laughs> long, and and you've got another road game to end the year this year on the road, yeah. taking on Smith Station, the Panthers, um, a, a team that is looking for some wins. Coach, they're one and eight so far this season, one and six right. in region, but it is a region game, and it's a game that you right. have to go in and, and take care of business once again. Uh, what can you tell us about this Smith Station team and how you? getting your team ready to play tomorrow night well you know they've got it they got their first win last week you know so um i think that they got a little taste of it so they'll be wanting wanting to get some more it's their senior night you know this week so they'll be fired up ready to go uh we got to come in and be ready to play like you said it is a region game so if if we don't win this game we'll be the four seed if we do win this game, we could be anywhere from the two to the four seed. So right now it's a three-way tie for second, third, fourth place. So, you know, if we win, if we win this game, um, you know, it's it, there's a lot of stuff that's gotta gotta happen. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you got Jag is playing Dothan tonight, and then you also have Enterprises playing Percy Julian. I think tomorrow night. So it, a lot of it has to do with those two games too and, and this game with us. So 
if anybody, if either one of us three drop any of those games, that team automatically goes to number four, and then it would go to head to head with the other two teams. So. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, that. This is the time of year where it gets confusing like this, and you start looking at <laughs> yeah. records and head to head. But uh, again, yeah. even against a team that may not have a lot of wins, you still have to go in and perform because, like you said, if you oh, lose, yeah. you're a guaranteed four seed. But if you win, you're giving right. yourself a better chance at a higher seed, which of course means better opportunities to play at home and a better chance to move yeah. on deep into the playoffs. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I I tell our kids all the time. You know, the biggest thing is getting in. You know, you want to make sure that you get in. Anything can happen once you get in. And, you know, I think that we've, we've won state – I've won state championships being the 3C. You know, so you just got to – you got to get in and be playing well at the end of the year. I'm curious as we are, we're speaking with head coach Keith Etheridge from Auburn High School Football preparing for Smith Station, their final regular season game of the year – what did you see from your team response-wise coming off the central game where it was a grind and you know it kind of got away from you there at the end a couple of weeks ago yeah. and you turn around and take care of business against Prattville, a team that's really talented, and you beat them 48 to nothing. What was that week like leading up to that and then the response you saw from them last Friday night and kind of into this week as well? Well, I, I just saw a bunch of kids that ain't going to quit. You know, they're they're going to get in there and they're going they're going to embrace that grind and and do the things that they have to do to get better every single week. I think we've improved, you know, from the first of the year to right now. I think that uh, uh, our kids have gotten all this all the experience that they need. I think that we are playing well. You know, we're we're controlling. You know, we've been controlling the turnover game you know the games that we've turned them all over are the games that we've lost we turned it over four times against enterprise we turned it over a couple of times against uh um central and those are games that we've lost the games that we've controlled the turnovers you know we have won so you know we're sitting here we're seven and two right now you know trying to get to eight and two to end the year you know and trying to secure a, a you know try to get put ourselves in a position where we can we can possibly get a home game to start, start the playoffs. If not, we go on the road. We either go to uh, Baker or Daphne, mm. I, I think, uh, or, or Baker or um, MGM. So, you know, those are I think those are the two teams that are the the one and the two in the in the other region down there. So, you know, and you you would like to get a home game. You know, I think Daphne's Daphne's the the uh, three. And Central's secured that one spot, so they'll be playing the four seed from down there. Yeah, and for for people that don't or maybe aren't familiar with how the the seven A playoffs work, you've got it broken up into the different regions, and then different seeds play yeah. other seeds from other regions. Like it's all kind of jumbled together, and all kind of I mean, it's it's yeah. almost like a big roadmap that you got to connect the dots with on who plays who. But it's crazy to me, yeah. Coach, that in seven A football, just the competitiveness of it. With a win tomorrow, you mentioned it. You guys go eight and two, six and two in your region, and there's still an opportunity and a chance that you could be a three or four seed. I mean, that's just crazy on yep. an eight and two season. That's a really good year in seven A ball, and Absolutely. yet you you could still be near the bottom of the seed lines when it comes to playoff time. Yeah, and that just tells you how good our region is. You know, our region's really good. Uh, you know, there's I've, you know we talked about it last week. There's going to be some good teams that doesn't get into the playoffs yeah. this year. You know, some good teams from our region that don't get into the playoffs. But and that's why you gotta go every single week and just push to, to
to to get those wins and in every situation. You know, I tell our kids every every play, you know, is a big play. And then after that play, the next play is a huge play. You just got to try to win every play, you know. And I I think that our kids have really embraced that this year. And uh, you know, we're still kind of a young team, and you know, um, we're getting a lot of experience. And you know, I tell kids all the time as we get further in the year, the more playoff games you get. The more experience you get, especially with young guys, and then that helps you the following season. So we want to extend the season. This senior group has been awesome. So we want to play as many games as we can. We're going to go out and, and tomorrow night and try to enjoy this game and try to, you know, show these seniors how special they've been for us this year and then try to get ready for the playoffs. Auburn High School on the road tomorrow, taking on the Panthers of Smith Station. You can hear the radio broadcast over on our sister station, Wings 94.3 and wingsfm.com with Scott Bagwell, Rob Pate, and Jack Hudden. Pre-game 6.30 and kickoff at 7 between Auburn High School and Smith Station. Coach, appreciate your time. As always, man, I really do look forward to this conversation. And uh, good luck to your team tomorrow night, and I can't wait to talk to you next week and preview whatever the matchup is in the postseason since I know it is so up in <laughs> the air right now we're looking forward to it jacob you know appreciate everything you do man yes sir thank you so much coach that is keith Etheridge, head football coach for auburn high school joining us here on the thursday edition of on the line as he does each and every week auburn high school looking to wrap up the regular season with a win tomorrow on the road against smith station that would secure an eight and two overall season six and two in region play and They'll be in the playoffs somewhere. They just don't quite know where they're going to be at yet, where they're going to be playing. Hopefully they can get a home game here uh, in Duck Sanford Stadium um, and not have to make a long road trip somewhere. But they got to take care of Smith Station tomorrow, and then they'll find out over the weekend who they're playing, where they're playing, and what seed that they'll be. We appreciate Coach Etheridge each and every week joining us and giving us his time and talking about the games coming up tomorrow night again you can find that radio broadcast with scott bagwell rob pape and jack hudden over on wings 94.3 tomorrow night pregame 6 30 and kickoff at seven when we come back we'll talk a little football as we get prepared for chris gordy host of the locked on sec podcast he'll join us at 3 30 i want to start taking a look at some of the games in the sec this weekend because implication wise it's the biggest one yet Give me a call, 334-321-1390. The Thursday edition of On the Line continues when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Huge shout out to Auburn High School's head football coach, Keith Etheridge. I really do look forward to that conversation each week because he's just such a great guy, uh, gives wonderful answers and insight on his football team and his program as the Auburn High Tigers looking to uh, wrap up the regular season tomorrow with another win and they'll leap into the playoffs and, and they don't really know where they're going yet but they will uh, be in the playoffs somewhere and they'll be preparing for a really talented team that they are uh, play really really good defensively and getting even better and healthier 
on the offensive side of the football. So we appreciate his time each and every week here on the Thursday edition of On the Line. Got a couple of minutes before Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, joins us at 3.30. So got some time if you want to call in. I know Thursdays are busy with guests um, here on the show, but if you got something on your mind, give me a call. I want to hear from you. How are you feeling uh, about Auburn and Vanderbilt coming up on Saturday? Uh, any concern? Any worries there with the game? I mean, uh, are you are you worried that Auburn maybe comes out flat on Saturday, or or maybe Auburn just continues to roll uh, against Vanderbilt there in Nashville? Give me a call three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We are going to get to the phone lines. You're on the line. Who am I speaking with? Hey, this is Andy. Hey, Andy. How are you, man? War Eagle. Good, good. Um, so we got a nice victory against Mississippi State, as expected. Yep. And, um, you know, I called in and said the coaches needed this one, and, and they did what they needed. Um, they let our family um, walk in with the football players on Tiger Walk. Mm-hmm. Second time they let us do that, and we're 2-0. and Last year was Texas A&M. So, uh, so, you're the, so you're the reason that Auburn won, is what I'm hearing. You know, I'm not going to say that, but I'll, I'll let you say it. I'll say it. I'll um, say it. It's definitely neat, and it's you know exciting for me. So maybe it's exciting for them. I don't, I don't know, but I um, I doubt it. But I think um, I think we go into Vandy. I think uh, a lot of teams would go in there and kind of drop their guard. And um, I just don't think with our our coaching staff that that's going to happen. I see us covering the spread pretty easy. Um, you know, it might be a little crazy maybe second period or, or third quarter or something but um i think we'll do good and uh, i think we're on track i think we're losing the games we're supposed to and gonna win the games but we'll see so uh um good luck to everything and uh we'll listen to you some more awesome do i so you're predicting auburn to win you've been predicting each game each week so i got to get your official prediction man it's a tradition at this point yeah, absolutely, and um, I've I've got uh, most of them right so far. I mean, Ole Miss was probably the easiest bet. If it wasn't for that Penn State, uh, I'm still I'm still heartbroken about that. That's that was my kid's college fund. But anyways, um, yeah, we should uh, take this to victory um, pretty easily. So. All right, man. Oregon. Yes, sir. Appreciate the call, Andy. Always great to hear from you. 334-321-1390. When you look at this Auburn-Vanderbilt game, and and again, I want to look at some of the other SEC games as well because we'll be talking about those with Chris Gordy in just a few minutes. It's pretty plain and simple. We're going to talk more about this on the show tomorrow, as we always do. It's pretty simple. This is by far, by far, In Power 5 games this season for Auburn, this is the most winnable game that you have on your schedule. Up to this point, right, and up to the point of any of the games you've played, I think there was two arguments here. You could have said Cal and then Vanderbilt. And we saw how the Cal game went, but that was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. That was back in September. Can you believe that? Back in way early September. And I think you could say to this point with how not good, (laughs) in in a nice way to say it, how not good Vanderbilt is, that this is your most winnable Power 5 game on the schedule. Because they are just 2 and 7. And Cal is 3 and 5. They're not that much better. But... I don't know. I mean, it just they're actually competing with some teams, Cal is, 
And Vanderbilt has done that at times. But I think it's safe to say across your entire schedule for Auburn, this is your most winnable Power 5 game. And I'll just flat out say it. It is inexcusable for Auburn to go and lose this game on Saturday. I don't care that it hasn't been a great year for Auburn either. I don't care that before the Mississippi State game there were major problems on offense. And I don't even care if Auburn goes back to what they were before the Mississippi State game on offense in this game against Vanderbilt on Saturday. Even if that's the case, you should still win this game by no more, no less, excuse me, by no less than a touchdown. I said earlier that I wouldn't touch the spread here. I have a, a rule that in, in betting for fun purposes and entertainment purposes only, I don't touch Auburn because it's Auburn and you just never know. But you just don't know. We all expect Auburn to go up here and continue to roll, right, and continue to play well defensively and hopefully – for the first time this year, put back-to-back games together offensively that look really good. You would expect that to be the case, given what we saw last week and what you're going up against on Saturday. You have We've had people say it already. Brad Law talked a lot about this in the first hour. You have better coaches, better coaching ability than them. You have better players and more experience than them. And those two things are going to carry you and should carry you to a victory. You talk about games that you're supposed to win every single time you play. This is one of them. Auburn, in today's day and age, should never lose to Vanderbilt in football. I'm just being honest with you. It should never happen. Because Auburn will always have more talent and better coaches through and through with more experience than Vanderbilt. And that's not a knock against them. That's just reality. And it would be a major, major disappointment if Auburn, A, loses the game, which I don't think they will. But it would be a disappointment, I think, if Auburn, after coming off an impressive performance against Mississippi State, if they went to Nashville on Saturday and looked like they did against Texas A&M or against LSU, right? And you're not playing that type of offense and you're not playing that type of defense. Again, I get it. I'm talking just Auburn in particular. Take Vanderbilt out of the game, right? Take all those variables out. I'm just talking Auburn's performance in particular. It would be disappointing to see them go back to what they have been in Power 5 games. Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't. I think Auburn continues to play well. And ultimately, I think Auburn will probably roll in this game. And when I say roll, I don't mean win by 50. I mean Auburn will be in control and there should be little to no stress on Saturday afternoon and into the evening. You should be able to focus on some other games going on around the SEC while Auburn is playing Vanderbilt because there are two huge games the biggest games in the SEC up to this point based off of standings 
championship game implications, and of course, college football playoff implications. Georgia, Missouri play at 2.30, and Alabama, LSU play at 6.45. You'll have Auburn, Vanderbilt on one screen, Georgia, Missouri on the other, and after that, we'll all be watching LSU in Alabama. Two games that will determine who plays in the SEC championship game and will ultimately determine who represents the Southeastern Conference in the college football playoff. We're going to talk about all of that and more with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. When we come back, he always has some interesting things to say, and I'm curious on what he has to say about these SEC matchups this weekend. Plus, Texas A&M Ole Miss. Don't forget about that game, too. We'll talk about all of it with Chris Gordy when we come back. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 1067. My name is Jacob Goins with you inside the Auburn Plaza Bar and Lounge Studio. And joining us on the phone lines as he does every Thursday for a long, long time, it's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast. Chris, always great to have you on the show, man. I gotta ask. I know it hurts that the Astros didn't win the World Series, but does it make it that much worse that the Rangers win it for the first time ever in franchise history? Oh, yeah. We don't even acknowledge it. In fact, the, uh, <laughs> the TV ratings were so bad, like I don't even think we need to put it in the record books because nobody watched, and it was the least watched World Series in recent history. So, yeah, we'll just go ahead and move on. We'll put we'll put a big blank in the, in the record book, and we'll just turn the page and start in 2024. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'll be honest. I watched very little of this World Series. There's just so much other stuff happening. Like, there's so many other sports going on, and it was like, all right, it's, you know, the Diamondbacks and the Rangers, whatever. Rangers took care of business. Then, of course, I had to I had to heckle you a little bit coming on my show and being an Astros guy. But uh, that's not the reason we have you on. We do have you on to talk about the SEC and want to get your thoughts. Uh, we'll quickly recap last week's games in college football around the conference and then get into uh, the big, big games this weekend uh, that will really determine what happens in this conference. So looking back at last week, again, really quickly, in the SEC, um, you had you had Georgia take care of business against Florida. You had Tennessee come out and beat Kentucky in a game that was pretty much a coin toss. Uh, Texas A&M overcome some early struggles to take down South Carolina, and we all want to hear your thoughts on Auburn getting their first SEC win. Yeah, I thought Georgia was exemplary of every time we've questioned Georgia this year, they show up and show out and, and look like it's done. So I've been telling everybody this week, nobody picked Missouri. In fact, everybody should be saying, oh, Georgia's going to beat Missouri big. Like, Because the minute we question Georgia and go, oh, I don't know, maybe Missouri can beat them, that's when they're going to show up and they're going to win like 50-3. to three. So we should all be questioning Georgia this week. Uh, nice win for Tennessee on the road at Kentucky. Like, I thought – you know, I thought Kentucky at home would, would hold serve. They just could not stop the run game from Tennessee when it when came do or die time. And kudos to Tennessee for a team that, you know, we, we always thought with Josh Heupel calling plays and being the guy that, oh, this could be a Tennessee team that throws it a million times and 
you know, throws it for 500 yards or whatever, but Tennessee's a dominant run game, and it's just so weird because uh, their run game is better than their passing game right now. So kudos to them. It was a big win for them. And then, um, you know, A&M uh, holding serve at home. Their defense has been really good. I thought they did a good job of limiting Spencer Radler and getting after it South Carolina. It was funny, like, you know, early on, A&M had four sacks on Spencer Radler, and it was like, you know, oh, we don't want to, you know, he don't want to take too many sacks. So he started throwing, uh, you know, intentional grounding, like getting rid of the ball where, to avoid a sack. And he was called for not one, not two, but three intentional groundings. And so it's just funny, if I'm A&M, I'm like, yeah, we had four sacks, but it really should have been seven because dude was just throwing the football and uh, should have, you know, it should have been a sack. So um, that was interesting. But A&M's defensive front is really, really good. And then for Auburn, uh, hey Peyton Thorne, welcome to the show. I mean, that's how you were supposed to look about eight weeks ago. So, yep. Um, you know, it's kind of like it was just kind of funny. It took Mississippi State for them to bring out uh, the the quarterback play for Auburn and be like, oh, that's what Peyton Thorne was supposed to look like all season. So it's a good win, and I love the way the schedule sets up for Auburn now. I mean, they, they have a real chance to run off a bunch of wins here that they have to execute. They still have to take care of business, but, you know, they can beat Vanderbilt, they can beat Arkansas, they can beat New Mexico State, and Auburn very well could be 7-4 and four going into the Iron Bowl. What a crazy world that would be, right? Looking when Auburn went on that four-game losing streak, and and people here, of course, were were concerned, and the, the the sky was falling. And now, all of a sudden, you didn't get any wins in those four games, but you figured something out against Mississippi State. And like you mentioned, Chris, the schedule plays out for Auburn to turn this season around and have a chance to be an eight-win team in year one under Hugh Freeze if you beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, no doubt, and. Um... You know, look, they got to play more like they did a week ago, and you know, I thought it was it was a good showing. You know, defensively, they've been one of the stronger teams in the SEC all year. But Jarquez Hunter getting going with a hundred, you know, hundred yard rush game on the day. But I thought Peyton Thorne was outstanding. Twenty for twenty six for two thirty, three touchdowns, no picks. That's exactly what we were hoping, uh, or Auburn fans were hoping that we were going to get from them this year. This year, and you know, showing a little chemistry. Javarius Johnson and Shane Hooks and. Uh, Fairweather, Jay Fair, all those guys, like, you know, the, the chemistry had not been there with the quarterback to the wide receivers, but uh, it looked good. So let's see if they can build on this, and Vandy's the perfect team to, to get here. But it's funny, I was I was doing another show, and, you know, they were asking about Vanderbilt, and I'm like, I think Vanderbilt's saying the same thing on the other side. They're like, thank God we get Auburn this week. <laughs> oh. I think they're looking at it going, this is a winnable game for us. We don't have many winnable SEC games this year, so. Always got to go and execute, man. Go take care of business. But by no means is it a gimme. Like Vanderbilt is, uh, you know, they could kind of score some points, 10 seals, and, and then their backup quarterback, Taylor, he's uh, he got in there last week. And Clark Lee said the other day they're going to play both of them. So we'll see. But, yeah, Auburn, don't mess around here, man. Go take care of business. Yeah, this is multiple weeks now that Auburn has had to prepare for multiple quarterbacks with injuries um, and not knowing exactly who's going to play at quarterback when when they come into the football game, and that's who Auburn and what they're going to have to deal with on the road in Nashville taking on Vanderbilt. But Chris, let's get into the games coming up this weekend because two of the biggest of the year in the SEC, one in the East and one in the West, and I said before you came on, these two games – not only do they decide, I think, who wins in both sides, that also de- that will really uh, it, it will tell us and determine 
who is playing in Atlanta for the SEC championship game, which ultimately tells us who represents the SEC in the college football playoff. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you know, we kind of had this the last couple of years. We have a weekend where it's like, all right, if this team wins, they control their destiny in the SEC West. If this team wins, they control their destiny in the SEC East. And that's what we kind of have this weekend. And uh, I'll start with Georgia, uh, Missouri. I know a lot of people are not giving Missouri a chance. It sucks that the game is in Athens. I wish, you know, if it was in Como, I'd be all over Missouri to, to pull off the upset. Of but, course it's in Athens, uh, Chris. <laughs> but let's not forget, I mean, this game a year ago was Georgia's toughest test during the regular season. Granted, you know, Ohio State was their toughest test in the, in the playoff, but Missouri had them beat. I mean, Missouri was dominating them for about three and a half quarters, and finally in the fourth quarter, Stetson Bennett put some, put some plays together and Georgia pulled away, but... Uh, Missouri played them tough, and I think right now the offense is even tougher this year. Brady Cook is playing lights out. Cody Schrader among the top two rushers in the league. Luther Burden is is a force at wide receiver, hard to defend. So, um, you know, look, uh, Georgia has been kind of like rise to the occasion. When they're doubted, they show up and show out. But I do think if Missouri can send a message early, score some points, and Say, hey, look, we're not we're not going away early. Like I think they could be in this game till the very end. So let's see. I mean, Carson Beck, he passed the test last week with with no Brock Bowers. He looked good throwing the ball to Lad McConkey and uh, Robert Thomas and all the other guys. But I think Missouri's got the weapons. Now they can't play scared. Like Eli Drinkwitz has to go in there and it's got to be foot on the gas pedal. Let's go and, and show what Missouri can do. But I think they have a chance to hang around in this game. And, you know, 15.5-point underdogs, who knows? Maybe they can cover that number in the fourth quarter. And then, you know, the LSU-Alabama game is very intriguing just because we know LSU's got the number one offense, not just the SEC, but in the country. They can score points at will. Alabama's defense has been much improved the last couple weeks. They're at home. They get them in Tuscaloosa. Again, if this game was in Baton Rouge, I'd be all over LSU. But, we know history shows us in Tuscaloosa at night, Alabama wins more often than not, but uh, we'll see. I mean, if Jaden Daniels turns the ball over, you know, early on, then okay, it's, it's advantage Alabama and they're going to win. But if LSU can go and execute and all their playmakers are wide open, Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas Jr., and they're scoring touchdowns early and often, LSU will be in this game until the very end. So uh, we will see. It, it's funny because. LSU's defense has not been very good, and then we found out this week that Makai Wingo is done for the season. Mm. They're going to be without a couple of their DBs. I Alexander is out for this week. Deuce Chestnut, Denver Harris. I mean, they're going to be leaning on like freshmen and sophomores in Ashton Stamps and uh, LaTerrence Welch. So, you know, we'll see how those guys do against the, the likes of Jermaine Burton and Amari Nyblack and Isaiah Bond. But uh, this could be a shootout. Like, this one almost feels like Alabama-Tennessee a year ago. That ended 52-49. Like, I think there's a good chance this one is, like, score fest like crazy. Well, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly where I was going next. With both of these games, could they both end up being that way? I mean, could you see Missouri-Georgia just trading punches back and forth between uh, Brady Cook and and Carson Beck and then LSU-Alabama, of course, with Jaden Daniels and Milrow? I mean, could both of these games just be name your score and whoever has the ball last wins? It could, but I, I don't think we're going to end up with upsets in both. Like, I think I think an upset in one of them is likely. But, uh, you know, it, it was like we talked about. Everybody in the summer picked Alabama-Georgia in the SEC championship game, and here we are where, you know, with wins this week, LSU and Georgia could both be 
or LSU and Missouri could both be in the driver's seat to, to get to Atlanta. And I, I just think that'd be hilarious if everybody picked Alabama-Georgia to go to the SEC title game and we end up with LSU versus Missouri. I think it would, it would be a big, uh, you know, it'd be a big, you know, whatever, stick in the mud for, for a lot of people that thought that it was going to go the other way. But I, I think, you know, like we've seen in the SEC, the trends say only one of these teams will pull off the upset. So if you like Missouri to beat Georgia, roll that way. If you like LSU to pull off the upset over Alabama, roll that way. But LSU's only a three-point underdog, so it's not even a big payout if they do pull off the upset here. So we'll see what happens. But, man, Jalen Milrow against a, an LSU defense that's not very good, that will be the tale of this, of this game this week. Because I do think Jay Daniels and LSU will score points. And I threw it out there. I said, if LSU scores 30, can Alabama match that offensively? And I've had a few Alabama fans say, no, I don't think so. Like, Alabama would need a, a punt return for a touchdown or a pick six or something like that. Um, a lot of people do not think that Alabama's offense alone can score 30 points on its own. So we'll see how it plays out. We're talking with Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SEC podcast, who joins us every Thursday here on ESPN 106.7 during On the Line there's another team, though, Chris, that's been lurking in the SEC that's not playing in those two games that we're talking about that feels like they're maybe getting shafted and disrespected a little bit. Ole Miss hosting Texas A&M this weekend. People forget the Rebels are 7-1. and one. They're sitting at second in the SEC West, and if things fall in their place, they could be making a trip to Atlanta and representing the SEC East. But people are also forgetting two weeks from now, they got to make a trip to Athens. Yeah, and, and let's be real. I mean, you know, look, it would take Alabama, it would take LSU beating Alabama this week for Ole Miss to have a chance. But I, I don't know if Ole Miss, I don't know if we could just pencil in a win against A and M Saturday morning. Like, I, I think A and M's got one of the best defensive fronts in the country. Edgerton Cooper's been outstanding this year, seven sacks already. Uh, I think this is this is dynamite. If you're Ole Miss, uh, you know, you're kind of playing with fire here, a defensive front that likes to get after it. If they are pressuring and getting after Jackson Dart, well, we saw that Alabama game a few weeks ago where he didn't have much time to throw, and, and it was panic time. So the, the advantage is they get him at home. It's in Oxford, but, man, I, I do think that Texas A&M has a chance to pull off the upset here early. And, it, and if A&M does that, I think LSU will be licking their chops later in the day saying, oh, all we got to do is beat Alabama, and we're going to the SEC championship game now. So, uh, but you're right. I mean, look, even if Ole Miss pulls off the win against A&M where they're favored at home, going to Athens next week feels like a daunting, daunting task to have to go toe-to-toe with Georgia in their house. So, yeah, the likelihood of Ole Miss winning the West right now seems very unlikely. We've talked about Texas A&M in the past, and you've come on this show and had some some very passionate takes about this. A&M is in a predicament right now, Chris. They're 5-3, and three, fourth in the SEC West. If they do go and lose in Oxford on Saturday, puts them obviously at 5-4 and four with Mississippi State in a final game at LSU to wrap up the regular season. I mean, could this really – it seems like we ask this question every week and every year, but could this really be it for Jimbo Fisher if he – only wins two out of these next four games and has yet again a mediocre season making more than just about anybody in college football? Yeah, I mean, a loss here would drop them to five and four. I think they'll beat Mississippi State next week. I think they'll beat Abilene Christian after that. So that would get them to, what, seven and uh, seven and four? And then that LSU game looms, and they are over in Baton Rouge since LSU or since A&M has come into the SEC. So, 
I don't think they're going to win that one, so that puts them at seven and five. And is that is that enough to fire Jimbo Fisher? I don't know. I mean, that's for the the A and M boosters to decide. Do they feel like they're trending in the right direction? You know, if they beat the, if they beat Ole Miss this weekend and they finish eight and four, I think that is enough to save this job. So it's a big big game this Saturday. We'll see how Jimbo and company handle it, but. I think even at seven and five, that's not enough to say absolutely we've got to pay this monster buyout and get rid of Jimbo Fisher. You know, he has recruited well. They they have run the ball well and I think Bob Petrino's done a good job of running that offense, even despite losing Connor Wegman. And at the end of the day, if they go seven and five, Jimbo can always sit in that meeting with the, the school president and everybody else and say, Look, if we never lose Connor Wegman, maybe we're sitting here nine and three or, or ten and two and uh I think I think he would have a good point there. So you know, we'll see what they decide to do. But, yeah, this is a, a monster game for a this weekend. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast, who joins us every Thursday here on the show. Uh, quickly, before we let you get out of here, any bold predictions or takes for uh, the start of college basketball season? I know SEC play won't get underway for a while, but uh, as the college basketball season gets underway early next week, any any hot takes or bold predictions for the season this year in SEC basketball? Yeah, I don't think we'll see any any early, super early upsets. I know Georgia, they open with Oregon uh, this coming weekend, and, and that'll, or, or I think that's on Monday, actually. But that, that'll be a tough one for them. But for the most part, I think, I think most SEC teams hold serve, and you know, a bunch of them are not really playing anybody. So I don't think we'll have any super early season upsets. But uh, we'll see what Auburn looks like, man. I'm, I'm excited to see with all the new recruits and, and the new crew that Bruce Pearls are all out there. We'll see what they look like. So, uh, yeah, ESPN had the article up earlier today with 100 freshmen and transfers who they think will make an impact this season, and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what Auburn does. But yeah, I don't think any super wild, crazy upsets early, early in the season. Well, I'm excited for for basketball season to start. But what a great weekend of football it will be in the SEC. Chris Gordy, we appreciate you, man. As always, it's a it's a blast talking with you on Thursdays, previewing another big, big weekend in SEC football. And this time next week, we'll get to talk football and basketball for the next few weeks. Let everybody know where they can find you, find your podcast, and what you have coming up. Yeah, just locked on SEC wherever you get your podcast. We get the episode up with our buddy uh, Chris Marler, who is a uh, a Homer Alabama fan, and we got his his uh, viewpoint on the LSU Alabama game. So that's up there, locked on SEC, and uh, we'll be making our picks later tonight, early tomorrow morning. All of our official picks for this weekend, and I'll just let you know, Jacob. I think I'm taking Auburn over Vandy. So wow! Spoiler alert. How 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 bold of you, Chris? How bold of you to take <laughs> Auburn over Vanderbilt and come in here and please my listeners with that pick, man? <laughs> Anytime, man. Well, I appreciate you, man. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. All right, Chris? All right. Thanks, Jacob. That's Chris Gordy, host of the Locked On SEC podcast. I hate him sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Go find his podcast. Uh, just search Locked On SEC wherever you get your podcast. He's on YouTube as well each and every day, posting uh, and talking about the Southeastern Conference. So we'll come back and wrap up the Thursday edition of On the Line. Got a couple of minutes if you want to call in. We got to make it quick, but we'd love to hear from you as we wrap it up here on ESPN 1067. Don't go anywhere. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. 
winding down here on the Thursday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. Huge shout out and thanks to all of our great guests on the show today. Uh, Thursdays are busy around here. If you've been here for a little bit, you know that. Uh, we had Brad Law from the Auburn Sports Network back in hour number one, uh, previewing Tiger Talk tonight, and of course previewing Auburn and Vanderbilt football on Saturday. Then uh, we talked with Auburn High School's head football coach Keith Etheridge as we uh, previewed the game coming up tomorrow night against Smith Station, recapped last week's win for the Auburn High School Tigers over Prattville, and getting ready for Smith Station tomorrow, starting to preview the playoffs a little bit as well. Uh, Auburn High doesn't know quite where they'll be yet or who they'll be playing, but a big game tomorrow. They need to go down and handle uh, Smith Station and really ensure themselves a good seed in the upcoming playoffs. Then we just got off the phone with Chris. Chris Gordy, host of the Locked on SCC podcast, who came on here and boldly predicted that Auburn will beat Vanderbilt on Saturday. I hope he's right. We kind of joke about it, but I think his comments are correct. Auburn can't just run into this game and just expect to win by 50. They need to show up and play against Vanderbilt. So thank you to all the great guests. We've had a great show, great conversation today. If you missed any of it, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast at ESPNAU.com, commercial free, wherever you get your podcast. Coming up tomorrow, my interview with Auburn linebacker Eugene Asante. Uncle T-Bone will join us in the studio as well. We're talking all things Auburn football and SEC football as well. Should be a lot of fun. That'll be tomorrow, 2-4, to right here on ESPN 106.7. Until then, I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.